Hello, hello, hello. Jessica Morehouse here, and you're listening to episode 93 of the Mo Money podcast. And uh, my next guest is Fritz Gilbert. He is the founder, the blogger behind the Retirement Manifesto. So as you can deduce, we will be talking about retirement, making the transition to retirement, saving for retirement, and even uh, touching on early retirement, which is, I think, a dream in most of our lives when we're uh, working and just wish we had a little bit more free time to do what we wanted. So uh, I'm very excited to talk about Fritz and pick his brain because he's, uh, you know, very uh, knowledgeable about this subject matter. But before we get to this episode, thank you so much uh, to this episode's podcast sponsor, Lowest Rates. So in case you don't know, lowest rates is where you can find, uh, you know, the lowest rates in Canada for your mortgage, auto insurance, life insurance, and more just like that. Super simple. I've done it to find the best quote for my life insurance. So I highly recommend you check them out too at lowestrates.ca. Once again, that is lowestrates.ca. I will include a link in the show notes so you can find out more details about lowest rates. But again, if you are looking for a good rate, which you should always find. You, know, you shouldn't just go with the first rate you're offered by whoever. You definitely want to do your research to find the lowest rate on anything that you're getting. Lowest rates is definitely the website to check out so you get the best deal. So without further ado, here's my podcast interview with Fritz Gilbert from The Retirement Manifesto. Thanks, Fritz, for joining me on the show today. Hey, a real pleasure to be here, Jessica. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. I'm excited to uh, talk about a, a topic that I think a lot of millennials, you know, that's kind of largely my audience, don't really think about, I think, maybe as often as they should, which is retirement and uh, early retirement, too. I think that sometimes um, people don't believe that that's a possibility when really it could be and you are proof of that fact because you are going to retire very soon, right? Yeah, I'm I'm 53 and I'm looking at probably 55, so I'm I'm going to be out early. And you know, it's I, I really have a heart for the millennials. My daughter's 21, and she's you know started to move into the the career world and making money and things like that. You know, there's so many lessons that apply to retirement, but you can only affect them when you're you know in your younger working years. So your audience is so perfect for this message around, you know, compound interest and, and mm-hmm. the importance of starting early that I really appreciate you having me on because as, as I've written more and more, I've, I've realized how much of the value of later in life financial status is really a result of how responsible, how responsible you are earlier in your career. So you're, you're reaching a really important, you know, part of the population. So Absolutely. Uh, I, applaud, I applaud you. Yep. Oh, well, thank you. No, I totally agree with what you're saying because I think retirement is one of those things that uh, lots of millennials don't think is, you know, that important to think about now. They have a lot of things that I think they want to check off the list first, paying off student debt first, paying yep. off their credit card bill, um, and, you know, uh, saving, up, uh, saving up some money so they can buy their first property. Retirement is kind of on the back burner. But just like you said, it's unfortunate that lots of people think like this because, you know, once, you, you know, the younger you start, the better you're off, and it won't seem like such a struggle to save up that big, big amount of money that you may need to live off of in your uh, older years. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, Jessica, I mean, something that's really changed, you know, obviously the student loan 
thing is a huge issue for millennials. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, obviously you're in Canada and, you know, yeah. the property values up there trying to get into a house, rent oh. versus buy. Those issues yeah. are huge issues that, mm-hmm. you know, I was fortunate in my generation that I didn't have to face those. But in spite of those headwinds, if you want to call them that, mm-hmm. the reality of it is, you know, if you're 25, whatever you want to say, 30, you know, in, in 25, 30 years, whether you want to or not, you're going to be retired. And, and you exactly. have to take responsibility for that because, you know, that, that sand through the hourglass just never stops dropping. And, and it seems so far away. But, you know, being 53 myself now, it passes like the wind. And mm-hmm. it's the actions that you take in your late 20s, early 30s that can really favorably impact, you know, your situation in your 50s. You know, can you retire at 55 or do you have to work to your 70? That That's predominantly determined by what you do when you're in your late 20s and early 30s. It really mm-hmm. is. So and that it's makes hugely a big difference. Important. Yeah, yeah, like fifty, you know, retiring at fifty-five compared to seventy, it's like you know that may not register right now, but man, when you turn fifty-five and you're like, I wish I could retire now, <laughs> exactly. but now you have another fifteen years to work. I bet you wish you'd you know uh, exactly. saved up a little bit more when you were younger and and didn't exactly kind of, yeah. So that's oh. that's kind of my mission right now is how do you how do you reach people and I, you know I'm especially attuned because of my daughter obviously, but mm-hmm. how do you how do you reach people when they're young enough to really Start, you know, and, and, and I wrote an article, you, you know, you guys can mm-hmm. look at my blog, that's fine, Absolutely. but I, I wrote the, the first six steps to financial wealth, and it was really written to my daughter, she's 21 years old, she just mm-hmm. started her first job, and it's really a heartfelt, here's the first six things that I think you should do as you're starting your career, and you know, she doesn't have to understand all the details of it, I understand a lot of people don't want to individually manage your investments, you don't have to at this age, you just mm-hmm. have to get the fundamental started, you have to automatically start a saving program where it comes mm-hmm. out of your checking account, even if you're paying student loans, you can mm-hmm. still launch, you know, 50 bucks a month or whatever over into an RSP, you know, as you call it in Canada, 401k mm-hmm. as we have down here. Mm-hmm. You can still do the fundamental blocking and tackling without really understanding it. And 20 years later, you're going to be so thankful that you th- took those steps because mm-hmm. that's when you're going to start seeing the benefit of it. So, Well, even um, in just a shorter amount of time, I mean, I think I started kind of aggressively saying, uh, saving and, and really putting importance on my personal finances when I was about 24, got my first job moved out and all that stuff. And I really, and it's only been six years, I'm 30 and I can see that growth. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm so glad I started saving and, you know, kind of still living like a student when I was 24 and for years after that, because fast forward six years, which went by really freaking fast, even 10 years, like from 20 to 30, I still remember my being 20, like it was yesterday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 30. (laughs) How did that happen? And it, you know, it just, it's one of those things where it's like when you are living in the moment, sometimes it's hard to kind of grasp, but. That's right. I'll tell you something you touched on there too, which is really important is this Mm -hmm. whole concept of lifestyle inflation. You know, I think when you're, when you're in college, you're dirt poor, you're barely getting by, you're eating, you know, canned stew or whatever you eat. Try to maintain that lifestyle for five to 10 years after you start working. I mean, the money's coming in. Hey, you know what? I can handle that car loan. You know, you look at a monthly payment mentality and you can get in trouble really quick. Sure, you can mm-hmm. get that new BMW. You're making $40,000 a year. You can you can afford that payment. Don't let that happen because mm-hmm. once you get caught into that lifestyle creep, you, you never you never get out of it. And, and it's much, much better to kind of force yourself into that college lifestyle mentality and take that difference 
and sock it away because you've got time for that to compound and grow. And, you know, you're saying, hey, I'm 30, I've seen this huge growth. Mm-hmm. Well, you plot that out in any kind of retirement calculator out into your mid-50s or 60s, and the compounding effect is not linear, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's exponential. And, and as you get later in life, that line goes kind of straight up and down, and it's just amazing what the savings will do when you start earlier in your life. So good for you for starting mm-hmm. early and doing the podcast and doing the blog mm-hmm. and trying to reach out to your, your peers. You know, that's that's the point in your life when you can have the biggest impact on your future mm-hmm. financial security. So. I'm hoping, and that, that's kind of, I think, why I'm so passionate about it you know, personal finance, but also specifically helping out people like me who are my age, because this is such a critical time for our, our lives. And yeah, that's just, uh, you know, my kind of, I think, mission and or, or one of my kind of new missions, I think, for right now, what I, I feel very kind of called to do is to help millennials just like me learn. I mean, I have a lot of friends that come to me and they're like, what do I do? Or they're they're kind of reaching that point where they're about to pay off their student loans. and They don't know what to do with their money now. And they're like, should I open up an RC? Yeah. What's an RSP. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we're 30 and we should absolutely know this. And we should have known this 10 years ago. So hopefully right. with the, the combination of you and me and some other awesome people that will grace this uh, podcast, we'll be able to uh, help some people make some good decisions so they could just, you know, live a better life and not have to worry about money. That's the main thing. That's it's like right. I, I don't right. like worrying about money and I feel like no one should have to worry about money if they have the education and tools to back it up. Yeah. And, you know, I love your motto, money, life balance. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think money is important, but it's certainly not the most important. You know, the, the point mm-hmm. is be responsible, be responsible early, enjoy your life, but enjoy it in balance. And, you know, that money, life balance really captures that, you know, it's an mm-hmm. important element, but there's other pieces that you have to take into consideration as well. But don't overlook the money side, especially when you're starting out in your career. Exactly. So I, I would love to get more into your story specifically. Sure. Um, yeah. Have you always been this? I mean, you know, you, you seem like you've always kind of made the right choices when it comes to your money and uh, your career and everything like that. So were you always good with money? Was it something that you were always very passionate about? And yeah, let me, let, me, let, me, let me run you mm-hmm. through that because, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a good story. You know, I remember when I was I think a it's kid a good story, and, too. That's why yeah, you're no, on the show. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about millennials. Well, there's no difference between, you know, I'm a baby boomer, right? So I'm mm-hmm. mid-50s. There's no difference between us and millennials than, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 30 years. So 20 or 30 years ago, you could say I was a millennial, right? Yeah. I was your age and I've lived that life. And, mm-hmm. and, and if I look back at when I was in that age bracket, you know, I started out in my childhood. I, I guess my parents mm-hmm. were very middle class. My parents were both teachers. My dad taught at a university. My mom taught in the public schools. So we had mm-hmm. a very modest lifestyle. And I was never wrapped up in the materialism. You know, I, I was never, um, our family was never caught up in having the latest and greatest. We lived comfortably, but we didn't live extravagantly at all. And I've been very blessed with a wife that had a very similar upbringing and very mm-hmm. similar values for money. So that, that yeah. was a huge part of it. Um, and then as I got out of college, I was very fortunate. My dad being a university professor, you know, he had an, he had a, um, one of his benefits was that I could get free tuition at a variety of colleges that were in this network. So I, I basically got through college without any debt, which was oh, that's great. huge. My parents paid for me for whatever was left in it. And I've returned that favor to my daughter now and I've paid for her college, my wife mm-hmm. and I have. So, you know, we, that we're kind of paying it back, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is great. So I got mm-hmm. out of college with no debt. 
I landed a job with a major Canadian company, so I do have a connection with Canada. And I go to, to go to Quebec quite a bit. I'm, I'm in the oh, aluminum nice. business, so I, I spend quite a bit of time in Canada. And uh, and I started at 21 years old, right out of college. You know, good job. And mm-hmm. I've been with one company for 31 years now. Wow. And you know, for my very first paycheck, I remember. You know, we have the 401k here, it's similar yeah. to the RSP. I signed up for the 401k. My very first paycheck, they took you know 15% out, and I've been saving that plus. You know, basically every year when I get a, let's say you get a three percent raise well I'll take two percent of it and I'll add it to my my savings contributions and I'll, I'll let one one percent trickle into my you know into my checking account mm-hmm. you know so you you always increase your savings rate as your salary goes up and that kind of naturally controls that lifestyle inflation we were talking about earlier so mm-hmm. I've been doing that for 31 years mm-hmm. and you know I'm, I'm very fortunate to still have the traditional pension I realize those mm-hmm. are gone but you know I've, I've got the pension and I spent 31 years with one company so that's that's created quite a bit of value but you know combining you know, saving 15 to 20 percent of my salary since I was 21, combined with a traditional pension, you know, I, I'm in I'm in pretty good shape, and I and I've had yeah. a good career. It's been a, it's been a great mm-hmm. you know great variety. I've, I've moved. I started in customer service, moved into sales, moved mm-hmm. into operations, moved into supply chain. Now I'm in procurement. So I've I've had a full, you know, a real nice move in our company through a lot of the different functions and I've had a lot of nice promotions. We've moved nine times, you know, I've moved all around the country and um, it's been a really good run. But, you know, the principles that we're talking about here Mm -hmm. are principles that I practiced, you know, when I was 21, 22, getting out of university and starting my first job. So, you know, I I practice what I preach and, Mm -hmm. and, and I really did, um, you know, implement the things that I'm suggesting that millennials implement today. They're, they're examples that I'm drawing from my personal life. And now I'm looking back at it from my mid fifties and saying, man, I'm so thankful I did that mm-hmm. because now I'm seeing the benefit of it, you know? So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I think, you know, just like you mentioned, you are kind of proof of what you're teaching. You're a great example. And the crazy thing, though, is like, you know, what you did when you were 20 is exactly what 20 year olds right now should do. So things haven't changed that much. So it's, no, you know, at no. the end of the day, personal finance, being smart with your money isn't rocket science. That's right. <laughs> and actually, you'll, you'll like this. I'm writing, I'm writing a blog. You'll see it. It'll probably yeah. come out next week, but it's uh, Yoda, you know, Yoda from Star Wars. Yeah. You know, he, he's such a weird little character, right? But, but um, a guy put a comment on my blog about Yoda and he put some comments in there, some of Yoda's quotes. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. interesting. So I Googled Yoda's quotes. Yeah. And, and this guy had so many really awesome quotes that are so applicable to personal finance. You know, he's 800 years old, right? He's, you know, I mean, it, it's goofy. Mm-hmm. It's a funny little blog. But the principles are not new, right? They've mm-hmm. been around a long time, and it's just a matter of prioritizing them in your life and not getting caught up in materialism and not spending all your money going out with your friends and running to the bar and spending a bunch mm-hmm. of money on drinks and dinners out. You know, it, it's financial responsibility and start at a young age and mm-hmm. let it compound over time, and you'll be fine. But, exactly. you know, it's, 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 it's pretty much that simple. You know, spend less than you make. Mm-hmm. And do it for a long time, and yeah. you'll, be, you'll be fine. Exactly. So. And I think the thing that also some people may not believe or understand is just because you're, you know, you kind of have this routine of saving and living frugally and all that stuff, this shouldn't really affect your quality of life. I mean, no. I've lived pretty, you know, like we've been living on a budget for as long as I can remember, and this is just how it is. You get used to it. But our quality of life is great. I mean, 
let's be honest, like I work downtown, we live downtown, we eat out probably more than most people do. We have all the things that we really need. And if we really want something, we could afford to buy it in cash. Do we go out every weekend? No, we be, you know, we are very strategic in how we spend our money, but you know, it, it does, it it doesn't really make me more or less happy, you know? Yeah. And, And well, and I think that's where, you know, this whole perception that, oh, if you're, if you're, financially responsible then you're frugal and you're you know you're you're living in a cave and you know these really you know just foul misperceptions mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that at all you know my wife and I we went to Norway last summer you know we my daughter's 21 but as she went through school we take european vacations every summer i have frequent flyer miles you know mm-hmm. we do it economically but mm-hmm. you know we we'd find ways to really create valuable life memories you don't have to live you know so that you're not enjoying life you can you can accomplish both and and it's very achievable the the trick is to not let your expectations for material wealth get ahead of where you're actually at in terms of your financial earnings you know you you've mm-hmm. got to you've got to live within your means but you can live very enjoyably within your means mm-hmm. if you manage your expectations and that's really what it's all about exactly so. and if you want to buy something that's beyond your means kind of the trend that's going on in my generation is just get another job or find another income stream so yeah, make and, more and money. It, <laughs> well, and, and you know, I gotta, I gotta love the whole side hustle thing. You know, yeah. my blog, I'm not, I'm not making any money on it yet. Maybe I will at some point, but I'm not mm-hmm. doing it for money. I'm doing it to try to share the lessons I've learned. But Absolutely. you know, I, I read a really good article. I should, I'll, I'll send it to you if you do yeah. show notes or anything. You can, you can blow it yeah. in there. But, but this, this guy had written 143 ideas for side hustle income, and it's on Instagram. And there's a web post about it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, the reality of it is, with technology and you know all the internet type stuff, and you know, blogging is so easy. There are so many ways. You know, I work full time. I write my blog. Mm-hmm. You and I are doing this podcast interview. You work full time. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're doing all of this in our spare time. Mm-hmm. And there are so many opportunities for people to do a little side hustle. And if you pick the right one that's something you're really passionate about, you know, it's going to give you a lot of enthusiasm for life. And it might turn into something where it actually creates more money than your, your real job, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then you turn that into a full time living where you've got that entrepreneurial you know, mm-hmm. spirit, but you can do that while you're still working and generate these things and run them for a while. That was never available when I was your mm-hmm. age. And that's a huge plus, I think, it is for, pretty huge. for millennials. It's huge. Yeah. It's phenomenal think, yeah. what's out there. Absolutely. I think we, you know, sometimes maybe see it as a, a, a drawback that we may need a, a second job or second stream of income to kind of be able to afford living in the city or, you know, buying a place. I mean, houses are just crazy expensive no matter where you live these days compared to, you know, uh, the baby boomers uh, generation. But then again, it's kind of easier to make money in some respects as long as you right. don't mind being a bit creative or, you know, spending that extra time not watching TV. Like, really. That's it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, TV is such a brain suck. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you spend three hours a night in front of the TV. That's three hours that you could have been out generating income. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you find something you like to do, I mean, you like to write. Obviously, I like to write. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you find something that you like to do. It's not it's 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 entertaining at the same time that it's generating income, whereas something like watching TV or, you know, non value creating things sure it can be entertaining, but you can find entertaining things that also create 
income. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, there's a wealth of opportunities now and just get creative and go out and, and look for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're also just good at like for my, in my experience, I've been blogging for almost five years. I've made some really great friendships out of this. Yeah. And oh, I, I know, for instance, um, I helped my friend, I hooked her up with a friend of mine. She's a grant writer on the side. I have a friend who's a filmmaker who needed a grant. I hooked them up and then Perfect. they worked out, they got the grant. So my friend was able to make her film. They became friends. It was just like kind of a beautiful moment of like side hustles and friendship millennial yeah, style yeah. it was just like this is awesome <laughs> and, and you know that's that that was if i think about what i thought i would be getting into as i started my blog i started my blog in april of 15 so it's been about yeah. a year and a half and and you know my my thought was okay it'll be really financially focused and i had all these ideas well it's changed so much since then you know yeah. I, I probably write as much now about kind of work-life balance and mm-hmm. you know overall life you know priorities and things like that as i do about the financial stuff so that was one surprise is that really the message that that seemed to resonate more with my readers was more about finding a purpose in life and things like that. Mm-hmm. That was the first surprise. The second surprise was this whole you know, um, network of fellow bloggers and podcasters yeah. and, you know, the, the, the connections you make on Twitter. And, you know, I've had lunch with a couple of people now that are in my area. I live down mm-hmm. in Georgia. I live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's a, you know, there's a, a, a variety of people I hooked up with, with through Twitter that are, you mm-hmm. know, really advanced bloggers and authors. They have published books and, you know, having lunch with these people. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. a really fun network. And, and yeah. there's a huge reward and and appreciation that you don't expect that kind of comes from that you know that network of people that have similar interests and it's really mm-hmm. it's really enjoyable with or without the financial gain mm-hmm. just that that expansion of friendships is is really rewarding it's a lot of fun and it's totally free <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it's free to do yeah exactly okay. Last kind of thing I'd love to know, because you are going to be retiring early, which I'm super, that's so awesome that you are very inspiring. What what does retirement look look like for you? What do you expect to do during retirement? It seems like you'll probably continue with the blog and maybe make that your kind of side hustle. Yeah, that, that's that's a great question, Jessica. And, uh, ironically, I, I was working out today at lunch, and there was a guy next to me on the treadmill, and we're talking. Mm-hmm. He goes, "You know, aren't you worried about getting bored in retirement?" And I'm like, "You know, people people always say that. Hey, if you retire earlier, you're going to get bored." And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, I mean, is your life your job? You know, there's so much to life beyond what you have to do. And if if you're at the point where you can achieve financial independence early, then you have financial independence. You have a choice. I can continue mm-hmm. to, you know, I can choose to continue working, not because mm-hmm. I, I I no longer need the paycheck, but it's because I choose that that's the best place where I'll, I'll get the most, you know, rewarding benefit for my time that I invest in it. Or mm-hmm. I can choose to do something that, you know, I find my, more rewarding. And to me, you know, when you think about how long will you truly be healthy and able to go out and do things? And, you know, I, I love the Canadian Rockies and Banff and Jasper in that area. Okay, so let's just say you want to go, you know, climb one of the mountains out there and it's a, it's a I don't know, a couple thousand meter hike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how, how old can you really expect yourself to be able to do that stuff, right? Let's just say 70. Mm-hmm. So if you work till 60, then any given year that you give up is 10% of your really active life, right? It's not 10% of 100 years. It's 10% of those 10 remaining active years that you have. So to me, getting out early is really valuable because those are early years when you know you're healthy, you know you can go out and do the things you want to do. So, you know, my wife and I, this is the part of the whole early retirement 
um, dream and plan that we've had that's really exciting because you can think about what do we really want to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've absolutely got plans. We're going to get a fifth wheel. We're going to mm-hmm. we're going to spend probably six months of the year, you know, go up to Alaska for six months, go out to mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest. We love BC. I know you're from Vancouver. I love oh, Vancouver in that area. And, uh, it's wonderful, you know. Oh. So I could I could easily see go out to Vancouver Island yep. and spend, you know, two months on Vancouver Island. I mean, why mm-hmm. not? You're free to do what you want to do. So we've got dreams to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we, we might along the way, I, financially, I don't think we're going to need to, but if we choose to kind of work a seasonal job somewhere, maybe mm-hmm. work in a national park for a summer, you know, Ooh. for the for the social network and connection mm-hmm. as much as anything else, great, we'll do that. You know, we're, we're open to those types of options, but they're not going to be driven by financial need. It's mm-hmm. going to be driven by, hey, let's, let's decide to do this for a while. And financial will be the last consideration, which is really, you know, a, a really nice place to be, you know, at this stage in life. So Absolutely. I love the idea yep. of, wow, being financially free enough to do exactly whatever you want. Pretty much. Exactly. And then choosing to work, which like for me, it's when I think of retirement, I certainly don't think I'm going to be on the beach. Like sometimes I daydream about being on the beach with a pina colada, but that would be like a week and then I'd get bored. So I would absolutely just, yeah, yeah, I'd find some other, you know, passion, some kind of, I'd probably still work, but I'd probably do whatever I want to work in. So be my my own boss, so to speak. And that's kind of, you know, that. That, yeah, and, and that's why I did start the blog. You know, part of what yeah. I, as, as your listeners, I mean, they're young, but you know, just remember this part in your brain. And thirty years from now, when you get to be in your fifties or whatever, think about it. As you get to within a few years of retirement, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is to start to develop these other interests that might mm-hmm. turn into things that give you a purpose in retirement. So the whole purpose, you know, for starting this blog was, hey, let's experiment, let's figure out how this works. You know, I got some. Good- good ideas to share, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But really the, the goal was to create a platform that, that can live post-retirement. And you start building these platforms, be it charitable work. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I, we, we, we live up in the mountains um, right where the Appalachian Trail starts. So we're up mm-hmm. in, in the North Georgia mountains. And we started like on the weekends, you know, I'm, I'm up there and, and we started getting involved in some of the charity organizations. And, and we're starting to try to, you know, vet out some of those areas that might turn into post-retirement you know, things that we decide to get involved with because you don't want to wait till you get to retirement and then suddenly go out and start looking. You start looking before you get there, right? I mean, exactly. you know, you, you want to have those ideas drawn out and, and, and really have an idea of what you're going to get into. So that's kind of where we're at right now. It's a lot of fun. We're enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to hear about how retirement goes in two years. I'll follow up with you. I'll follow up with you before that. But yeah, please <laughs> I'm do. Excited, you know? I'm excited to know you know how how it how it is. That's that's very yeah, exciting. And, and you know what's really fun? I I, I just did a, a article about it was called retirement expectations versus reality. And one of the mm-hmm. things I wrote about in there is you know as you're thinking about retirement, it's a really interesting stage in your life because. By definition, you can't know what retirement is until you're retired, right? Yep. So it's it's one of those future states that you're trying to imagine in your mind, but you can't really imagine what it's going to be like. It's kind of like when you're in university and yeah. you're trying to think about what's that first job going to be like. You don't really know until you get into your first job, right? Mm-hmm. And, and retirement's kind of the same thing. You're trying to imagine what's that retirement going to be like. And inevitably, when you get there, it's going to be different than you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. So what I've started to do now is I've, I've had quite a few guest bloggers and things like that that have come in and, and written on my site that have gone through that transition. And I'm trying to encourage them, hey, share your lessons as 
you went through this transition, what were some of the things that, you know, you didn't expect that, you know, you can advise those of us who are still a couple of years away so that when we get there, we're kind of more ready for some of those unexpected transitional things. And, and you know, it, it's there's just there's so much stuff to write about. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't just write about retirement. I mean, for your mm-hmm. audience, you know, as I mentioned, I wrote this article for my daughter. I, mm-hmm. I write about all areas of personal finance that ultimately affect retirement, but so many of those areas, if you haven't done them by the time you're 35, you know, you've kind of missed a huge opportunity. Yeah. So there's a really, really important part, important part of this that is directly at your audience. And that's start early, you know, live below your means, force yourself to automate your savings mm-hmm. and, and just get that piece done right. And you've conquered 90% of the challenge. You know, that's that's the challenge at your age right now is to live below your means and automate the savings on the balance of it, and you'll be fine. That's mm-hmm. really the message. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good message. So thank you so much, Fritz, for uh, joining me and sharing your wisdom. And that was episode 93 with the wonderful Fritz Gilbert from the Retirement Manifesto. Make sure to check out uh, more info about him in the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 93, or check out his fabulous uh, website, theretirementmanifesto.com. He has a bunch of great resources about retirement that you may want to check out. And thank you again to today's podcast episode sponsor, Lowest Rates. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the Mo Money podcast. Uh, you will probably want to go to lowestrates.ca right now in case you are currently looking for the lowest rates on, say, a mortgage, auto insurance, life insurance, and more just like that. It is the easiest thing you can do to save money. I am telling you, I did it myself, love their website. They also have a really good blog in case you want to learn more about uh, how to find the best deals and save money and just live a uh, financially savvy life. So make sure to check them out at lowestrates.ca. We'll include a link to them in the show notes and a bit more information about what they are all about. And of course, I'll also include a link to, or you can just, if you're on iTunes, just check it out. Uh, Episode 79 is uh, one in which I interview Lowest Rates CEO, Justin Thuin. He uh, is super, super knowledgeable when it comes comes to uh, personal finance and rates and credit and all of this great stuff. So make sure to check out episode 79 in case uh, you want to figure out all of that stuff because I know you will. So thank you again for listening to this episode and I will see you back here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.